I'm Steven. And I'm Kevin. In today's episode of the Steven and Kevin Show, we're going to talk about the one activity you should track. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stephen and Kevin Show, episode 62. Today, we're going to be talking about tracking activity in particular. We're going to pick one specific activity that we think you should be tracking this year. Yeah, so you can make the argument, maybe you track a few more, but if you're only going to track one, this is the one to track. So today, we're going to talk about some of the basics, like what is this activity we think you should track. We're going to talk about why you should track it. We're going to give you some examples of opportunities to score some points here. And we're also going to share why most of you are not going to do this. Before we do, um, you know, very pessimistic uh, look at this. <laughs> uh, before we get into that today and into today's topic, um, I want to ask you: What are you doing social media-wise? Right, uh, it's growing by the second. And do you have a robust social media presence? If you don't, you should probably consider outsourcing it to us. Yeah, whether it's LinkedIn or Facebook, we know the most advanced strategies specifically for financial advisors, and we can run them on your behalf for a low fee of 500 bucks a month. It's yeah. a steal for what we're doing. So if, uh, if the shoe fits wear it, we'd love to hear from you. Cool. So let's get into it today. And, um, and the question on all of your minds is, okay, what is this activity that Stephen and Kevin think that I should actually track? Yeah, so uh, most people come to us for marketing advice. They want to know how I grow my business. When it comes to growing your business, it's hard to argue that social prospecting is one of the best ways to do it, mm-hmm. leveraging your community involvement and connections to people to grow. So linked to that, how many times are you directly asking somebody for their business every week? Yeah, I, I love this metric, and this is one that we, we like to track with coaching clients because Truly, it's one that a lot of people avoid doing, um, and it, but it leads to a ton of success. Well, you see people track the wrong things when it comes to social prospecting. You're tracking things like how many times were you out and about, out in the boot if you're in Canada? <laughs> you know, were you in front of the right people and all oh, that's good stuff. It's a, the underlying reasons why people are successful in this, but ultimately, you've got to ask for the order. There are only so many people every year that are going to ask you for your business. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kevin, I know what you do. I've been meaning to call you about meeting about our family's investments. That conversation, we wish it happened more often, but it doesn't happen that much. So yeah. you've got to stir the pot. We always see the like the two extremes right, when it comes to advisors and socially prospecting. One extreme is you have some advisors who are just too aggressive, right? They go out guns blazing and they're asking everyone for the business. And and really, you might think, I mean, maybe it's a stereotype. You might think that there's a lot of advisors doing that. But really, what we see is the opposite is true. The other extreme of, I'm not going to ask a lot of people for the business. I don't want to come across salesy. They know what I do, mm-hmm. right? They're going to ask me at some point. And we know that just from coaching advisors for, for years and, and the research that we've done, that we have to find this medium ground, right? Like we have to find the, the middle where we are building enough relationships with people and now we're starting to track converting them from social to business. Yeah, so we are not talking about existing clients. No. You know, if I ask Kevin for his other account or, no. you know, people try to rationalize all kinds of metrics. This is when we're clearly, for most people, it's outside of comfort zone. You've got to push yourself to do this oftentimes. And the reason we told you we'd get into why track it, well, number one, social prospecting. When you research the best in the industry when it comes to, to, to marketing in general and who brings in the most business, 
you'll find that almost all of them have some variation of this approach going on where they're developing connections with people and mm -hmm. ultimately asking for the business. If this was a, an approach that backfired across the board and they were seen as the social pariahs in their community and nobody wanted to ever engage with them, we would know it. But it's not working that way. They're still bringing in a tremendous amount of business. The, the reason I like this activity so much in terms of you know picking you know one main activity to track is that it forces you to do other things. Right. If I'm, if I'm going to keep track of the number of times that I am asking for the business or requesting a business conversation in some sense, I'm going to have to get in front of more people, right? So mm -hmm. I'm going to have to start networking more. I'm going to have to start getting more introductions. I'm going to have to start holding more intimate events. What it does, it, to me, it's, it's one of these activities that triggers a lot of other sub activities. Yeah. And the perfect situations only arise so often. The people who are really That's good true. at this do a lot of pre-planning. Before they engage, uh, so before I'd go to the soccer tournament, I'd be thinking about who am I going to see? Is there anybody there I should be talking business with? So it right? makes you have strategic intent with what you're doing. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, why track it forces a lot of the right behavior, mm -hmm. makes you develop relationships, and ultimately it's going to determine how successful you are in the world of social prospecting. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about examples of this. When would it be appropriate to ask somebody for the business? So again, when it, when it comes down to being salesy, a lot of the times you're pure salesy when you do this prematurely. When it's the first time you've met somebody, second time you've met somebody, and all of a sudden you've got your business card out and you're pitching them on business. Right. That's that extreme of the, the overly pushy financial professional, right? Yeah. But there are other other ones where you know you might have someone at the club, right, or someone at a networking event who's always asking you about the markets or asking you about Bitcoin, right? Mm -hmm. I'm actually connected to a couple advisors on Facebook right now, and I, I saw posts from their friends asking them about Bitcoin. Right. And I was thinking, man, these are converse these are opportunities for you to redirect them and, you know, ask them to, you know, put your professional cap on and, and have a business conversation. Yeah, so when you think about examples, anytime somebody even cracks open this window for you, mm -hmm. you want in. Yeah. Right? Bitcoin is related to what you do professionally is an impetus for you to meet with them. That's that's right? great. Even yeah. if you have no intention of really talking a lot about Bitcoin. Exactly. Yep. Uh other examples. Or some a parent from your kid's class you spend a lot of time with. Ask them. Yeah. Right, we're not going through a lot of scripting today. No. But the variations on this are, are typically that, Kevin, I'd like to meet with you professionally. Are you open to it? Right. Right. We don't have to wrap a lot of crazy language around this. Yeah. And then that's something, too. Like, by the way, in coaching, we get into a lot of that, right? Yeah. The scripting, a, the language, role-playing, et cetera. We have some things that are a little bit rosier and, uh, yeah. you know, a little smoother than what I reeled off there. But, you know, thinking about today more specifically, some of the examples of when you'd want to use it. Um, someone who attended one of your client events. Mm -hmm. If they come to one of your client events and – well, let's, let's say they come to a couple. You earn the right to open up the business door a little bit and ask them to have a conversation with you. And again, this doesn't necessarily mean that they're coming into your office and bringing all their statements from their other advisor. It means that, hey, we could grab a cup of coffee and, and chat business. Yeah. I mean under all of this is a mentality. For somebody who's really good in this department, there's a mentality that I am doing you a solid – by meeting with you to talk about your finances. Mm, that's good. I'm really good. You're probably getting hosed by who you're working with. <laughs> I mean, that's not what you say, but it's how you've got to feel about it, that I've got a lot of conviction in what I'm offering, and I know that if I sit down with you, I'm probably going to either help you make money or save money or be better planned for the future. I, and I, so that kind of conviction leads yes. you to make this recommendation more often and not to take it so personally if it doesn't work out. You know, one of one of our coaches who, you know, now is a retired financial advisor. He had at one point over 400 million under management, really successful advisor. And he coaches with us, which is great. Um, he was saying that basically when he got the mentality of, you know, I feel bad for someone who's not doing business with me. That's when everything changed for him. 
Yeah. It makes you talk about this more readily. So mm-hmm. we mentioned, why will most of you not do this? We know some of you are already doing this. Yes. We're just We're saying this in jest. You listen but to the show. You're into marketing. Yeah. You're doing this. But why, let me rephrase this. Why will most of your competition not be doing this? Mm. Well, uh, number one, there's a lot of ego involved. There's a lot of fear involved. You know, you're putting yourself out on a limb. Same in the dating world. If you're waiting around on other people to ask you out, there's not a lot of fear involved. Either it happens or it doesn't. Your numbers are going to suffer, yep. but either it happens or it doesn't. Same here. Like you have to put yourself on the line to say, Kevin, would you like to come into my office? There's a chance Kevin's going to say, no, you idiot. Why would I want to work with you? But chances right? are, what, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? That's probably it. That's probably You, it. you probably yeah. just threw out the worst other thing that's going to happen, right? <laughs> no, idiot. But what's most likely going to happen is, you know, they're hopefully going to take you up on it and say, sure, that sounds good. Um, but if, if it is bad in some regard, they're probably going to say, no, I'm good. I'm taken care of. I feel, I feel comfortable with who I'm currently working with, which you're going to leave the door open and let them know that, hey, if you ever want a second set of eyes on what you're doing, let me know. Yeah. So number one, fear of rejection is one thing that holds people back, yep. even, even if it's subconsciously hold you back. What about ruining friendships? Yeah. Another one that, you know, if it's somebody you're close with, you don't want things to be awkward going forward because you made this big pronouncement that you'd like to have them as a client, and they said no, and now it's awkward. Right. But there are ways to avoid that. I mean, what, what you find with, you know, what I, what I usually tell people is that there's nothing pressuring you for your closest friend in the whole world to really put it on them to do business with you. Mm-hmm. You can have a close circle of people that you say are off limits, but let's not make that circle so wide that it precludes everybody. Yes. Right? So. You know, push yourself a little bit to ask, knowing that the worst case scenario is that you can gracefully back out of this. Mm-hmm. So if Kevin, if I'm asking Kevin to do business, he's probably not going to call me an idiot and say no. Yeah. He's probably, if he doesn't want to work with me, just going to say, no, nah, we're, we're happy where we're at. But thank you for asking. Yeah. I'm going to say, well, you know, as Kevin mentioned, the offer stands. If you ever want somebody to take a look at it, happy to do it. You know, exactly. And, then, and the, then you change the topic. And we're getting back to... You know, will you get me another beer or, or you're watching the game next weekend? Exa- exactly. And so, look, this is this year we think this is the one activity you should track. It's going to force you to do a lot of other things. It's out of comfort zone. But this is an activity that drives results without yeah, a doubt. Absolutely. And when you think about how you achieve more as a financial advisor, it's not usually an overhaul of what you're doing. It's usually a couple of course corrections that you really stick with. And we hope this is one of them. <laughs> Yeah.